form. Hello, everyone. It's the Hoaxbusters Live, Saturday night, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. And here we are to talk about many things. And I'm sure we'll have some fun tonight. We got lots of things to deal with. And people can call in. People can uh, chip in if they have something to share with us. That would be really great. And there you go. Speakfreeradio.com. You go to the site. And you should see we're up there. Uh, well, if you're watching this, you're there, so you know what the hell's going on. So there you go. All right, there, are, there we are. You just click on whatever has to be done, and we go from there. But um, anyway, we depend on people contributing to when when they when we get through our things, then we bring other people in later. So that's going to be good. So hopefully, we got a couple things we got to get out of the way first. And the first thing that we always do here, we try to uh, cover the book that you can see. It's right behind me, right. There, Diane's got the book right there. The Six Million Fact of Fiction. And that book there can be uh, bought on um, MoneyTreePublishing.com site. Very good book, folks. Oh, and there's Henry. He's got it, too. All right. Awesome, Henry. Awesome. All righty. So I'm glad you got that, Henry. And so, Henry, since you're here first, what we're going to do, because we don't want to hold you up, we'll bring you in so... Uh, we could talk about what you've been doing because we think we think you should be telling us what the heck's been going on with you every Saturday because you're doing something like we're every doing a Hoaxbusters Saturday. Show. Okay, right. we're doing it every Saturday, so we want to hear from you every Saturday. That's right. Because you could tell us whatever crazy stuff that happened. But I did put your video on my site. Uh, I edited it. I just put your three minutes in, and it was really good. But we're gonna play it anyway. All right, so we're gonna play it. You can talk about it um, after if you want. Okay, so. We'll start off with, with doing that. Then we're going to go into the hoax. I mean, we're going to go into the six million fact of fiction, cover some points from there, and and all that. So there's Henry with his baseball cap on. He must be going to going to play some game somewhere. And it wasn't saying. Was it saying? It says America first, not Israel. Okay. Awesome. Well, there you go. We can we can agree with you on that. So. Absolutely. Okay, so Henry, maybe you can set this up for us. Um, it was your weekly, well, no, this was the 20th, right? You did this. Yeah. Yeah, this is the 20th. It was going it, it, the meetings in Ann Arbor are held the first and third Mondays of every month. But I guess the third Monday fell out on uh, president's day. Oh. Yeah. That's and right. so they bumped it up a, uh, a day and held Tuesday. it on Tuesday. Right. And, um, uh, what's what's interesting to to note, and I don't speak at every meeting. I mean, I I give them a break because <laughs> you know, I mean, and and they're really um, they really disrespect me. A bit. Um, they would turn their backs, and and this week what they did, this they being the city council people, um, one would get out of her chair and walk around and talk to her friend, and they would like just shoot the breeze while I was supposedly addressing city council. And I, again, I suspect if I had enough money, I could go after these guys and say, yeah. hey, if the First Amendment applies, it's a government-related issue, right? I mean, I, I mean, like you guys could 
throw me off this show and I wouldn't have recourse because this is a private show that you got here. But for public addressing, I need to yeah. be able to address my government for, for grievances. That's mm-hmm. what it says in the First Amendment. And and for them to turn their back seems to be to me to be unconstitutional. But, you know, if I had if I had now uh, Chaim Sabin's pockets, I would go after them. But I don't. So I won't. Yeah. Right. Um, but I will chip away at at this because um, there are things I think um, that we are teaching our students incorrectly. And um, needs to be uh, addressed. Even even minor things like I spoke this time at at city at, at, about Jesse Owens, mm-hmm. the the black athlete, because the the theory, of course, is that um, um, the National Socialists thought they were superior to everybody, and here is this upstart black guy coming in in 1936 and and winning four gold medals. Um, the you know, the, um, you know, to, to think that he was mistreated by uh, Germany's um, Ubermenschen is a, is a joke. They, they loved him. The fans loved him mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and Hitler and Hitler uh, stood and, right. and applauded and waved. Um, right. So these things need to be um, wrestled out. Look behind me when I'm speaking here, the chairs are empty. Um, uh-huh. A month ago or six weeks ago, the place was packed. There were 90 speakers because they wanted to ask the city council to pass a resolution calling for a ceasefire. Mm-hmm. Um, and I spoke then against that resolution because a ceasefire isn't going to get it in Palestine. Right. Uh, what's going to get it is getting the Jews to move out um, and relinquish the lands that they stole. And uh, ha- that, that has to happen with um, defeating Jewish power in this country so we don't keep sending them you know, right. uh, 20, 50 million dollars a day. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's a day. It's a daily. Yeah. Thing. It's one of our signs that say that. Um, but anyhow, you can play this if you want. And I'll um, and I we can maybe chat a little bit. Yeah. Later. OK. All right. So let's play it and see what happened at the city council meeting February 20th in Abba, Michigan right. with Henry. Good. <clears throat> our next speaker is Henry Herskovitz. Watch the two people leave. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, those are those are my former friends. Good evening. Since February has been designated Black History Month, Ann Arbor students might be taught about Olympic gold medalist Jesse Owens. Jesse competed in the 1936 Olympic Games in Berlin, despite efforts by the American Jewish Congress and the Jewish Labor Committee to change the location to some other venue. The most often repeated story from that competition is that Adolf Hitler refused to shake the hands of Owen after he had run a race. The headline in the New York Times read, Hitler ignores Negro medalists. The black-owned Cleveland newspaper Call and Post ran their own headline. Hitler snubs Jesse. The Baltimore Afro-American wrote, Adolf snubs U.S. lads. In his book, The Myth of German Villainy, author, author Benton Bradbury sets the record straight for us, writing about these headlines. They were, de- they were deliberate lies. Nothing of the kind happened. The real story was that Hitler was told by the chairman of the International Olympic Committee that he had violated 
Olympic protocols by shaking hands with German athlete Hans Volker and receiving other athletes, both German and non-German, in his VIP booth the day before. So that day, in compliance with the protocols, he shook nobody's hand. <laughs> including Jesse Owens. From the book, The Jesse Owens Story, Jesse himself is quoted as saying, when I passed the chancellor, he arose, waved his hand at me, and I waved back at him. I think the writers showed bad taste in criticizing the man of the hour in Germany. And far from being snubbed by Germany's white population, author Richard Mandel also helps set the record straight. He writes in his book, The Nazi Olympics, once at the stadium, the mere appearance of Jesse Owens' head from some pit below the stands would cause sections of the crowd to break out in chants of Yessa Owens, Yessa Owens. The real snubbing of Jesse Owens mm -hmm came at the hands of Franklin Roosevelt, mm -hmm. who was running for re-election and refused to receive Jesse at the White House because Roosevelt thought the reaction from southern states would harm his chances of victory. The job of the historical revisionist is to set the record straight. Thank you. Um, question, uh, Henry. Um, I wasn't around at the time, and I didn't pursue this myself. Were there all sorts of uh, periodical newspaper articles about how FDR uh, snubbed Jesse when he came back, the victor of four gold medals? I um, I, I really don't know anything more. Uh, I don't think, that, I, to be I honest, I don't think that that was even allowed what? in our country, that the Jews would not have allowed a, a, a a reference, particularly being an election year, a reference uh -huh. of uh, of FDR snubbing Jesse Owens when he returned. Oh yes, yeah, I can I can imagine that. No, my only my only sources mm -hmm. is uh, Mr. Bradbury um, and um, and his book. Oh no, that that was excellent. No, I think I don't think that the Jews would have allowed any disparity against FDR, especially on this topic even though they were blacks and they weren't really ex acceptable at the time because right. they wanted to win the Southern vote. <clears throat> yeah. Well, it's um, what, um, what I also found interesting at, at that meeting and, and um, Jim, if you wanted to play it beyond about three, three more speakers, there's a, a man, one of them, one of the people that left as I spoke um, was a former colleague of mine. His name is Blaine Coleman. And um, and they have been speaking about freeing Palestine um, from the the and I'm quoting here the the Nazi murderous state of Israel. Well, the interesting thing about this, um, and I don't uh, care if I'm doing my laundry in public on this, is that ever since I started using the J word, um, Blaine became less and less. Um, in my life, okay. he and his wife, uh, Mushkan Sababiyasvahani, who also spoke at council after me, um, <clears throat> they would attend our vigils on Saturday morning. Hmm. But as we approached um, that 
you know, that that statement of Paul Eisen's that say the, um, you know, the crime being committed against the Palestinian people is being committed by a Jewish state mm-hmm. with Jewish soldiers using weapons, airplanes, tanks and uniforms with Jewish religious symbols on them. Mm-hmm. Um, this, this this action is uh, ongoing and supported by almost every major Jewish organization in mm-hmm. the world. Mm-hmm. But we can't name Jews as being responsible. Well, that that's um, sank home with me. Mm-hmm. I've made cards of that quotation, and um, and I really live by that because I say it's there. They are a legitimate target for protest. The Jewish community, mm-hmm. and of course, on Saturdays, that's where they're at their nationalistic best, waving their flags and. Um, um, coming to the synagogue to give prayers to the state of Israel, prayers to the soldiers that are now yeah. massacring women and children. I mean, it's 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 becoming uh, known even in even the mainstream media can't keep this um, genocide out of the focus of the people because you know and and and, and the, the the thought um, or or the statement from Israel that they're going only after Hamas terrorists is another tissue of lies, just like the Holocaust, because it's, you know, it has no basis in truth. 70% of the dead are women and children, um, and Hamas doesn't allow women and children into their um, Al-Qassam brigade. Interesting. You know, it is a, uh, you know, it's it's really lie upon lie, and um, I think that we need to, um, uh, you know, we need to start, uh, I guess we need to stop censoring ourselves. I mean, there's there was around a very excellent um, presentation by Chris Hedges, who of course mentioned all the horrible activities that Israel's doing. He fails to mention the J word. You know, he uh-huh. just you know name the enemy, name yeah. him. Do you need name some help? And I know it's a tough word. We can yeah. help you. Yeah, we yeah. can help you exactly. Yeah. And that's you know, in, in fact, tomorrow. In Dearborn, Michigan, the largest Arab population um, in the uh, in the United States, probably outside of uh, the Middle East, um, the um, you know they're going to hold some um, brouhaha about calling for a uh, ceasefire, and our pa- Palestinian in quotes uh, Congresswoman Rashida Tlaib is going to be there, um, and uh, two or three of us are planning to go out there and hold our signs that say Jews bomb hospitals mm-hmm. and um, are Jews above criticism. Um, Six million really. And, uh, and I think Chris is going to bring his end the Palestinian Holocaust. So hopefully we'll, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get there. Um, if I have to break off t- tonight, I, I might be getting a call from the Dearborn police because I told Chris to contact them and, mm-hmm. and to alert them to what we're doing. Because, um, believe it or not, policemen are human beings. And um, if, you know, they are much more likely to treat you kindly and with respect if they know what's going on. Um, if they're not put into a situation where they're where they just don't know what 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 is what's going to happen. So we have called them. Chris has assured them that we are peaceful protesters. And if they they the uh, Dearborn police want to get some references, they can call the Ann Arbor police and they have a, you know, oh, yeah. big file on us and, and it's, there's, there's no black mark at all. 
speaking of six million, you mentioned something later on in your um, and the city council talk. One, a person got up there after you, of course, and just yeah. you could just tell us what he said. Yeah, well, it, the person was the man in the hoodie um, who was on the camera fleeing as I as I got up to speak. He's the man who stood vigil with us ways back before I started focusing on the Jews and before we started bringing in um, it, bringing the Holocaust into our weekly protests. That's been a, I'd say, a, a very recent um, entry into our into our protests. We started off as pro-Palestine. We went to anti-Israel. We then we started holding Jews accountable and putting a sign up that said, you know, Jonathan Pollard is a Jewish terrorist mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or a Jewish um, um, traitor. Traitor. Thank you. Um, and, and, um, and, and so, um, so he, you know, he Blaine will never use the word Jew and he only, you know, he claimed to me that, that Hitler killed his whole family. And I said, well, Blaine, you really don't know how your family members died, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know? And he just like, he just hung his head, um, because, because he can't face that fact, but it is a fact. He doesn't know. That they but he were, still declares that Hitler killed six million. That's and, what you had mentioned. Speakers after me at, at minute mark forty seven forty. Um, uh, if you if you went to YouTube like Jim did to get the uh, um, the, the city council meeting uh, for February twentieth, twenty twenty four, you'll you fast forward to forty seven forty, and you'll have Blaine Coleman assuring the city council that indeed Hitler killed six million Jews. Well. As a reminder, in case lest we forget, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's just like you know, and it's also a uh, you know, you know, the, this this Henry guy is is full of beans, and and don't believe him because here's the truth, and I'm going to tell you the truth because I'm you know I'm a Jew, and he, and Hitler killed my family. Um, that gives so, him credibility to to them. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, yeah. It, I mean, that's what that's what Jewish power is all about. Yeah. I mean, when you can stand in a meeting. And you guys can imagine this. You're at a meeting, and, and during the Q&A, somebody raises their hand, and they say, as a Jew, and the whole audience just hushes. I know. It's like mm-hmm. like that one commercial, an investment commercial. Think, you, they, you know what I'm saying? It's like they pot the waters. Yeah, that's what it looks it's like. like. The Jew yeah. comes into the room. They, well, I'm, I'm a Holocaust survivor. Shh. Yeah. The waters pot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right, and when you ask yeah. which, which camp were you interned in, then all of a sudden that that question makes you a a, a bad person, right? Oh yeah, that's right. You 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 where was that. where was the gas chamber located? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I've got a blueprint right here. Show me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. So yeah. you know, it's it's the uh, uh, <laughs> you know, and I can't even imagine what rabbis are telling their congregations. Yeah. In synagogues these days, yeah. I mean, the slaughter—you, you, you know—it's it's live all the time. Mm-hmm. The the horrendous. I mean, my, who wants to be a Jew now? I mean, I'm out. I'm, I, <laughs> I, I I threw my cards in a while ago, uh, and um, that's because you have a conscience, and also the the Lord is drawing you out of it. But um, <laughs> but the thing is that they they get their money and affirmation. By trotting out the Holocaust, boot on our neck, and then they, as you have said, well, uh, not only you know Israel's getting money, and um, the Ukraine are getting billions of dollars. Yes. And of course, you know Jim has a, a whole uh, 
idea about what's going on there. Of course, it's not what we're told. And it's not to help anybody except po- our politicians here. Money gets cycled back. But um, but anyway, point is that um, one by one, and you're not going to, obviously, you know, you're not going to get a group of a revival like they had in the 1800s, I think it was in the, in the U.S. They're not going to be a group tent revival. You're going to find one person here, one person there. It's just the way Jesus did, because when all was said and done in his ministry, the harder the things he spoke about, the more the people left, left him. And so it was just the individuals that he dealt with. And uh, until after, after Pentecost, but until the Holy Spirit, you know, descended and started winning people. But up to that time, um, they would say, Oh yeah, do you remember? This is just an example. Um, they, the, 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 they call it Palm Sunday in, in, in Catholic, in Catholic church where Jesus was coming into Jerusalem and they go, Oh, Hosanna and praise the Lord. And oh, it was wonderful, wonderful. In less than a week, they were shouting to crucify him. <laughs> These are the same people who had followed him. We're now wanting him to die a Roman death. So, um, just, well, just then, I mean, I'm in good company then, Diane. <laughs> that's, 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 that's yes, pretty comforting. I mean, because it's, yes, you know, I have failed completely miserably in growing the group. I you mean, can't. Well, you know. Henry, it's not, let me, let me tell you it's how it works. Group. Okay. It's, it's not going to happen. That's right. I, I mean, I hate to disappoint you. Okay. Because, Look how long I've been fighting this in in my so called uh, it's a city now Framingham. We, we've been fighting uh, first of all illegal immigration since yeah you and Joe that's right uh, two thousand two thousand two. Okay, it's it's been twenty year, over twenty years, and it's just gotten worse. No one's listened to us. Uh, we've only had one person out of all the city of Framingham, which is approximately eighty thousand people I would think if you include all the illegals and all that. Uh, one person came out of Framingham that is on our side, and that was Barbara. Okay, Barbara. And she left. She, <laughs> and she moved out of Framingham. Yeah. Okay, so, you know, it, I mean, it's just it's just amazing. And mm-hmm. then the only other person we found was Diana. Yeah. I mean, when you think yeah. about it, I mean, yeah. you know, we, we found Diana. She was on the street, you know, looking for money for pencils. And, um, <laughs> you know, she... <laughs> So yeah, but we yeah. had something better for her. Than, well, than but the, but the point is, you 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 know, you think I got good news. This is good news for you. Not many, not as many Jews died as you think. They they went for the gas chambers. They, they live. Went. You should be happy about <laughs> this. But they, no, they want you to believe. No, we all died. We were killed, and, and everybody's got a story. Holocaust <laughs> denier. Oh, well, anyway, that's that's how it goes. Okay, Henry, I don't want to keep you. If you have to go, I, I know you you maybe expected a call, but well, you if, stay Diane, if Diane's going to read another chapter, yep. I want to stick yep. around okay. for that. You're, you're welcome to stay. I just don't want to okay. hold you up. And nope. so we'll. I, but I do want to make one last comment about Jesse Owens because Jesse Owens, what bothered me about him, he didn't stand up. To the truth of what really happened, he gave in to the the Jewish nonsense, and he he was he started going along with the with the bullshit of Hitler snubbing him and all that later, and he knew what happened, and he went along with the Jews. He didn't stick with it. I'm just saying. Uh, yeah, just I think Bob. Excuse me. They, I think Bradbury did cover that too. Yeah, he said that there was a lot of pressure applied on the kid. Couldn't, yeah. him, he couldn't find any work. And he, right, he had to wow. sell his gold medals, you know, and, and he uh, get endorsements then. 
you know, and, and well, it was, you know, it wasn't like it is today. And, and so, but you're right, you know, and, and, uh, you know, he had, the, he, he came back. I mean, but look at, look at the power that they have when they can get, when, when they can get, um, uh, what's his name? The uh, Tesla guy to, to, to go to Auschwitz, you know, um, you know who I'm talking about is, yeah. um, he, he um, now owns Twitter, doesn't he? Yes, he owns oh, Twitter. Elon Musk. Elon Musk. Elon Musk. Okay, yeah, I thought you know, okay. he got Elon he Musk. got you know he got his panties in a twist with ADL, and uh, next thing he know we know he's marching off to Auschwitz with that little um, yeah. They got guy. what they wanted. They got what they wanted from him. Yeah, I mean, and it's just um, the pop, you know, and also uh, uh, Kanye West. Yep, had the right. Um, um, you know, his, he had, he wrote an apology in Hebrew, you know, boy, that must, must have won him all sorts of things. But, but of course they'll never be forgiven for what they no, did. Right, Elon Musk right. can apologize until he turns as blue as my shirt. Yeah. And it's they not can gonna, genuflect. And, yeah. yeah, it yeah. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Paul Eisen has another great quote about that. Um, but it kind of escapes me now, but it's about okay, apologizing well, again and again. <laughs> All right. Well, that's thank you for that, Henry. Like I said, you could stay here and you you could w- w- say if after Diane does her uh, review, we're doing the review of the book again. Put that book up, Diane. Okay, there it is. There, uh, six million fact of fiction. I got it right behind me over here, and uh, she's on chapter what two or three. three. <clears throat> okay, she's on chapter three. We're covering this every uh, week, just a little bit, not too much. And we discussed it a little bit along the way too. And if anybody has comments, you can make some comments too in with with the uh, her speaking. So, all right, Diane, go ahead. Why don't you continue okay. on again? Um, the Six Million Factor Fiction Eighth Edition, Peter Winter, edited by Dave Gehari of Money Tree Publishing of Speak Free Radio. Um, chapter three: Commonly used lies and distortions. Oh, you'd think this would be a short chapter, right? <laughs> The outrageous lies and distortions of the Gerstein statements. And the Gerstein statements, well, we're going to give a little uh, background of it. And it's one of the most commonly quoted sources for the mass gassings, quote-unquote, claim are the statements by Kurt Gerstein. That's actually Gerstein, a former SS officer. His statements, now known as the Gerstein statements, contain what he claimed were eyewitness accounts of mass gassings at uh, camps in Poland. The Holocaust storytellers always omit to explain that there are several different versions of Gerstein's statements. So that should be Gerstein's statements in the plural. They differ so radically. The Holocaust storytellers also omit to say that he, he can, that Gerstein conveniently committed suicide as soon as he had completed the revised affidavits and so never testified in court, nor was ever cross-questioned on his fantastic claims. A selection of some of the more incredible claims in the Gerstein statements include his first statement said that uh, Nazis had gassed 40 million people mm-hmm. and did not specify that they were Jews. His second statement reduced the figure to 20 million. He claimed to have seen while on a visit to Treblinka eight gas chambers and whole mountains of clothes and underwear about 35 to 40 meters high. A height of 35 meters is just under 115 feet, and 40 meters is just over 131 feet. If it's borne in mind that the average height of one floor of a building is between 8 and 10 feet, 
then an idea is gained of exactly how high 40 meters is. In other words, he claimed that there were heaps of clothes as high as 15-story buildings. The sheer physical impossibility of such a mountain of clothes proves the statement to be false. <clears throat> he, he, anyway, he claimed to have been present at a gas scene near uh, Belzec in August of 42, described the gas chamber, how people were stepping on each other's feet, seven to 800 persons to 25 square meters. This translates between 28 and 32 persons crammed into each cubic meter each cubic meter, something which is nearly physically impossible. We're talking physics here. You cannot, it cannot be done. Okay. Gerson claimed that the gas chambers he saw generated poison gas for the use of diesel engines. The corpses, he said, of the victims were blue afterward from the gas. But in fact, carbon monoxide poisoning, which is what they're claiming, turns bodies cherry red, not blue. You get black and blue by getting beaten up by the capos and, and soldier commandos. That's my comment. There are many other obvious errors and fabrications in the Gerstein statements, including, for example, a claim that Hitler visited Lublin in August of 43, which definitely never happened. And, but in spite of these issues, which clearly indicate that the Gerstein statements are either completely fabricated or the work of an insane liar, they are used by almost all the Holocaust experts in their accounts of the camps. Even... Um, Acclaimed expert Raoul Hilbert quoted him as a major witness no less than six times in his destruction of the European Jews. And also when he goes and, and talks about the confessions and talks to school children. Isn't that wonderful? The next section actually talks about um, Jewish scholars and Yad Vashem forced to deny soap and lampshade horror stories. And he goes into detail about that. So that's been essentially debunked. Israeli newspaper in Yad Vashem denies soap story again in 2020. Why are they they're having to deny it again? Because of their feet are being held to the fire on this. But if they can get away with it, they're going to trot out the shrunken heads, the soap, uh, among other things that the sausage lady talked about. Jim did a video of this one lady who said that they were turning Jews into bologna and sausage. You know, Oscar Meyer, you know, Okay, and, and, and in leather goods too, saddles and yeah. gloves and and uh, you know women's little pocket purses, things. Purses. <laughs> yeah, you think the Jews couldn't, uh, the Germans couldn't oh. do better than absconding with Jewish byproducts. So <laughs> I, anyway, um, in addition, the Israeli newspaper ads. With the release of documents after the collapse of the Soviet Union, it became apparent that at least some of the testimony at the Nuremberg trials about the manufacture of soap from human corpses was deliberately falsified as part of the post-war Russian propaganda effort against the Germans. Haaretz noted that by 1990, Yad Vashem in Jerusalem had unequivocally determined that the manufacture of soap was no more than a mere rumor. But that's one of those things that appears on the back page. It never is breaking news type of uh, headlines. Next section is forensic research debunks the Danzig, Danzig soap factory story. That That's a, another aspect. He goes into quite a bit of detail about that. What was said at the Vansi conference in 1942? What was interesting is when <clears throat> I started getting red pilled about this in 1999, I would go to the local university here and uh, print off these things uh, for free. I mean, it wasn't quick printing. You'd be there all day. And one of the things were the minutes. To the Vansi Conference. The Holocaust storytellers maintain that a conference was held in Vansi Villa 
outside Berlin in January 42, at which the final solution was planned. And the final solution needs to be defined. The minutes of the Wannsee Conference survive the war in full and are publicly available at the Wannsee Villa Museum and elsewhere. A reading of the Wannsee Minutes shows the following. Nowhere in the meeting's minutes is genocide discussed, planned, proposed, or even suggested. The Wannsee Conference never discussed gas chambers, shootings, or any of the claims made after the war. The Wannsee Minutes reported that there were only 4.5 million Jews under German control, yet 4.3 million Jewish compensation claims have been lodged against the post-war German government. And that's just German government. The Wannsee Conference was a planning meeting on how Europe's Jews should be deported via transit camps to the east, with able-bodied Jews being forced to build roads and perform other labor-intensive tasks in those regions. There was a full expectation of conquering the Soviet Union that opened up a huge amount of real estate to transfer these Jews. And and by the way, as a result of a reference in um, David Irving's book, um, Hitler's War, he was stating that... Um, Hitler wanted to dispose of the idea of, of Madagascar. Now we're going into the Soviet Union. We're, we're going to go into Siberia. <clears throat> the Vansi Conference also made allowances for specific exceptions to Jewish evacuation, such as Jewish-German World War I veterans, all Jews over the age of 65, and all Jews working in industries vital to the German war effort to be released from the threat of evacuation and be allowed to stay in Germany. <clears throat> There is therefore no, therefore no justification for the allegation that the Vansi Conference was a master plan for mass murder. That's what the Jews want us to think the final solution means. And they will say, well, nudge, nudge, wink, wink. That's what they meant. There, okay. <clears throat> um, Holocaust institution, uh, the media institutions and reference books that claim this are simply lying. Many of the Holocaust experts actually admit that there is no plan for mass murder in the Vansi minutes and try to explain this problem away by stating that code words were instead used such as labor assignment in the East and so on. Labor assignment in the East meant extermination. It didn't mean labor assignment in the East. There is, of course, absolutely no justification for any of these claims. <clears throat> and then there was a, a, a silly story says Israel's leading Holocaust scholar, which is Yehuda Bauer. Um, he basically says that uh, to mark the 50th anniversary of the Vansi meeting, he told the audience that the claim that Vansi was a master plan to kill Jews was nothing but a silly story. Here's one of their own uh, attempting to clear up the, the issue. And of course, I'm sure he was going to be reprimanded for, for, for not falling in line with that. The next subject talks about what the final solution actually meant, deportation to the East. The Holocaust storytellers have deliberately created the impression that the Nazis always use code words to hide their activities. The base of this suggestion is preposterous. An undertaking to kill upwards of 6 million people, the equivalent of the populations of New Zealand, Cyprus, and Luxembourg, all added together while fighting a major war against the Soviet Union, Britain, and the United States, would involve the efforts of huge numbers of people and not just a small number of soldier guards and administrators claimed. So what then was the true meaning of en lusung, or final solution? The answer lies within the famous Fonsi minutes and is open for all, but the willingly blind to see. In a nutshell, German policy with regard to the Jews was divided into two distinct phases. Before the outbreak of the war, it was their intention to force all the Jews to legally immigrate out of Germany. 
It was to this end that the cooperation with the Zionists, as outlined above, was based. After the outbreak of the war, practical considerations made these plans void. A lot of blockades and uh, attacks, uh, you know, submarine, submarine attacks in the, in the Atlantic. Increased numbers of Jews fell under German control. And once it was decided to invade the Soviet Union, the decision was taken to symmetric, systematically deport as many Jews as possible to the Far East, deep into Russia, east of the Ural Mountains. In fact, Reinhard Heydrich, in a discussion that his wife, Lena, had, and which I have, discussed this very thing. And she says, well, going to Siberia, won't that be a terrible place? No, there is a place in, in near, near, near Siberia that's very, very uh, mild. And it, it's very um, welcoming, essentially. And that'd be a perfect place. This then was the final solution, the de- deportation of the Jews to the Far East. Hitler's 1939 Reichstag, next section, threat to the Jews' speech. The exact words delivered by Hitler on January 30, 1939, read as follows. If international financial Jewry within and outside Europe should succeed in plunging the nations once again into a world war, then the result will not be the Bolshevization of Earth and thereby the victory of Jewry, but the destruction of the Jewish race in Europe. He was saying that if, that this would be the, the goal of uh, basically getting rid of, of communism. There is a problem with translating some German words. And people who are, are eager to grasp onto the worst motivation will do so. <clears throat> These are strong words, but bearing in mind the declaration of war by world Jewry, they are clearly meant to counter the Jewish threat to destroy Germany. Furthermore, the date of the speech at the beginning of 1939 predates even the most extreme extermination claims, which allege that, our, that the killing of Jews only started in 1942. What did he exactly mean by the destruction of the Jewish race in Europe? Did he really mean extermination? The answer to this question was ironically provided by Hitler himself. In the book, Hitler's Table Talk by Martin Bormann, um, <clears throat> was a collection of roundtable discussions between Hitler and his personal entourage, Inner Circle, published after the war. He went into details on what he precisely meant. From the rostrum of the Reichstag, I prophesied to Jewry that in the event of wars proving inevitable, the Jew would disappear from Europe. That race of criminals has on its conscience the two million dead of the First World War, and now already hundreds and thousands more. Let nobody tell me that all the same we can't relocate them to the marshy parts of Russia. Who's worrying about our troops? It's not a bad idea, by the way, that public rumor attributes to us a plan of it to exterminate the Jews. Terror is a salutary thing. He basically said this motivates them, basically motivates them. When they realize they're not being killed or exterminated, then that might actually cause them to work. The W word. This quote puts Hitler's speeches into context. In private, he referred explicitly to only relocating the Jews in the East and went on to mock stories of the extermination of Jews, specifically dismissing them as untrue. In the next section, Himmler has a 1943 Posen speech and the meaning of Ausrauten. Um, Aus means out. Okay. Um, he, and actually, they have it in German and in English. He's thinking of the evacuation of the Jews, uh, the extirpation, not extermination, extirpation of the Jewish people. It's one of those things that's easy to say. The Jewish people will be extirpated, says every party comrade. That's quite clear. It's in our program. Elimination of the Jews, extirpation. That's what we're doing. And that means ex, no, emigration. It means emigration. Uh, evacuation. <clears throat> 
So various speeches. If the Bolsheviks ausrotten, continuing discussion ausrotten, uh, Hitler in 36 dictated a famous memorandum on Germany's four-year rearmament program, which contains the phrase, if the Bolsheviks succeed in entering Germany, it will lead to the ausrotten of the German people, which extinction, basically extinction. It does not mean that if the Bolsheviks invaded Germany, it would lead to the murder of all 50 million Germans. What Hitler said in that memorandum was that the entry of the Bolsheviks would lead to the end of Germany as a national state and an end of the German people. It has. Hitler also used a phrase to the president of Czechoslovakia, <clears throat> the same phrase as well. It didn't mean that German occupation of the Sudetenland was going to mean the destruction of all Czechs. That's not what he meant. Uh, Czechoslovakia, as they knew it then, would cease to exist. And so it's a deliberate misinterpretation on the part of the Holocaust storytellers to automatically take the word ausrotting to mean extermination. It's, it basically it means uh, to lose their identity. Um, I, and even, even with that, it was not Hitler's plan to rob the occupied countries of their identity based on what Heydrich's um, mission was when he, he was dealing with, it, with the Czechs. And, they, and he, he did not uh, strip them of their identity by any means. In fact, the more they supported the Reich, the more they were able to enjoy their Czech identity. Himmler's letters never mentioned murder. On the contrary, the personal correspondence of the leader of the SS, in fact, underlined the Nazi policy of forcing the Jews to leave Germany. Uh, <clears throat> International Tracing Service archives show no mass murders. Uh, the, the, this uh, tracing service, International Tracing Service, ITS, situated in Bad Olsen, Germany, it's an internationally governed center for documentation of displaced persons, forced labor, and such dealing with the Holocaust. It contains all the German, all the German records. It is regarded as the most significant collection of documents related to all aspects of the Nazi era, holding 25 kilometers of papers, which include hand-typed lists of Jews, homosexuals, and other groups detained in the camps, files on children born in the Nazi Lebensborn program, and most importantly, registers of arrivals and departures from concentration camps. When it was announced in 20, 2007 that the Bad Erolsen archives were to be open to the public for the first time since the war, mass media reports crowed that this would finally lift the lid on the mass extermination and gassing program. Once again, just like the Himmler letters, the Holocaust storytellers were deeply disappointed, or you would have heard of them. The records, German and otherwise, contain no evidence whatsoever of any mass genocide program. And according to ITC spokeswoman Catherine Floor, as quoted in a Reuters interview, only natural causes of death are recorded, heart failure or pneumonia. There's no mention of gassing. Okay, are you, are you done? We are done to chapter okay. three. I want to make a couple comments about... You betcha. Okay, about Gerstein. Yeah. Gerstein. Gerstein was, well, I was reading the Kodo site. If you get in the, I, I talked about the Holocaust Encyclopedia in my last video mm -hmm. this week. Um, and it's really good because if you look up Gerstein, you know, it gives you all the information about him. And they say he was a diabetic, which which made him kind of crazy. You know, they thought they thought he was mentally unstable. <laughs> good because, resource, yeah. You know, because when you, when you listen to all the things he said, I mean, you, you got to understand Nobody ever questioned something. He he said that they piled all the clothing. I mean, it mentions 
Yeah, all the all the clothing of the people, 120 feet high. The, Meters. This, there was no machinery that could get up that high. 15 stories. I mean, th- you could you couldn't do it. They they didn't have any machinery that could get up that high. That's right. So you know that's a lie. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then he he, had, he talked about other things about blood coming out of the ground and all this nonsense. Um, but anyway, he he ended up. This is what they said. They he ended up committing suicide. Yeah. Now, meme. This is just my opinion. I could be wrong. I really don't think he committed suicide. No, I, I don't either. No, I think they they I think they killed him yep. because when he was at the Nuremberg trials or and whenever he gave testimony, his testimony was so wacko. Yes. That they, you know, they're, they're probably sitting there like this, like. What are we on? Who, who brought this guy in? You know, this, guy, this guy's out of his mind. Yeah. Okay. And I think he kept talking and talking. And I think they killed him. You know, I but agree. They it's the only way to shut him up. He could have committed suicide. Let's say he, I don't he think so. But, um, but anyway, now I want to get to, to um, Raul Hilbert because he was talking about the Wanzi conference too. And yeah. he said, you know, I remember the Wanzi conference said nothing about killing Jews. Yeah. It just talked about getting them out of the country, exporting them out, you know, getting them out. And um, he, he said, well, the Wanzi conference was, they didn't say it, but they, they were having a meeting of the minds. In other words, they were psychically connected. Yeah. There, there was a connection. Everybody was connected, just in their thinking, knowing what the other guy was thinking, and that's what he meant. And that I just and they I all believe that it's it's just so silly. Yeah. You know, it's like they're all in the cone head. We got these cone <laughs> heads, and they're all they're all this saying, is, "This hey, is the cone of the same, silence." The same idea that I do. Well, we can't write it down, but I'm gonna I'm gonna telepathically send it to you, so so you can understand that these are code words. But I just want to let you know we're saying immigration, but he really means extermination. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Uh, anyway, Henry, did you want to make any comments? Those are my comments. That was good. That was good. Excellent. I I enjoy your comments. Um, looking forward to tomorrow and seeing what what happens in Dearborn, Michigan. I'll uh, yeah. hopefully I'll be able to report some good things uh, next week. We'll um, we'll I'll, I'll try to set my alarm and make it a regular. 8 p.m. Yes, Saturday we want to hear from you. This is definitely important. And, and if you get that video out uh, for me tomorrow, I, I'll get that up uh, in my in something. I'll get it up tomorrow if you get that. I think that's important too. We we get to see what happens at yeah. that meeting. So yeah. thank you. So okay. okay, we'll do our best. All right, thank okay, you guys. Henry. All right, thank you for being here. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. <laughs> bye bye. Bye bye. Expectation is meaning. Um, and I don't, in the actual practice of it, talking about it, like you, like you say, Jim, what's actually done in this regard? But extirpation is actually implies extinction of a race, family, species, or sometimes an idea or doctrine by destruction or removal of its means of propagation. I can see that. I can see if the, if Czechoslovakia, for instance, and that was the place where, where Heydrich first started, that, um, he was going to generate more favor toward the Reich because it had been, you know, they had problems in Czechoslovakia with them killing a lot of Germans as well as in Poland. Um, although his next place to go after Czechoslovakia was going to be France. They had a lot of work to do there. And so it, it, it didn't mean they didn't, he didn't practice extinction of the Czech people, uh, extermination or their culture. That wasn't what that meant. 
He said, in cooperation with the Third Reich, you'll be able to, that's the carrot and stick, you'll be able to continue your, your festivals and so on. We have no, no way of making a German-only community out of you. It's just you have to understand the devotion to the Reich. Again, it's like a concordat with the Czech people, with the French people. You, 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 may, you, you don't come against us actively politically. You'll be able to continue with the things that you've been doing in regard to your, your festivals and folks, folk songs and such. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah, I was just thinking. I was, you know, from Europe, we we get we get these um, uh, trapeze type people. You know, the people that are in the in the shows, they they jump all over the place and they, you know, oh, they do trapeze yeah. and they do yeah, very all these, yeah, all these crazy things. So I was just thinking about the underwear being up 120 feet high. So what they probably did is they oh got on these shoes and they started getting on each other's backs. You know, and they went up 120 feet, and then the, the guy would get a piece of underwear and bring it up and put it up to the top. And then they just... oh, we're talking pole vaulting now, right? <laughs> <laughs> you gotta understand, it's so silly. Yeah, it's crazy. Okay, let's let's bring in Uncle Murray, and we haven't heard Thanks from him. Thanks, Uncle Murray, for waiting so patiently. All right, so so tell us what you got for us. Hello? Is he there? You might. No, talk. Uncle Murray needs to unmute. There you go. Thanks, Uncle Murray. Oi, oi, oi to the day. Oh, I almost had that back. <laughs> <laughs> How's it going, guys? Good. Excellent. All How right. about you? I'm great. Uh, that was, uh, it was a great interview with Henry there. Uh, oh, absolutely. enjoyed that. Um, and, 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 and Henry, personally, thank you for being so brave, right? Just like Jesse yeah. Owens wasn't, right? right he yeah. wasn't brave, right? And for, and for all that kissing ass, what did it get him? Yeah. What did they get it? Right? Yeah, nothing. Yeah. He should have opened his mouth and say, "Hey, listen, I would have. He would have shook my hand. He waved at me. If he did, if he didn't want to have anything to do with me, he would have sat down and never acknowledged my presence That's the entire right. time. Like what FDR did. Yeah. Right. Uh, ridiculous. And then, and then FDR tricked tricked uh, tricked us into a war. Right. Wasted oh. wasted good men for for what? You know, yeah. for the profit for the shackles, baby. That's right. Yeah domination of the Jews. Well, that worked out well for them. Yep. Well, it's it's not going to work out well. Listen, you got to see on Twitter, guys, Cliff High is, is now it's something, some people are calling it Fed posting. It's not Fed posting, guys. This is simply what's coming, right? I think he's doing him a favor by typing what he's typing. He typed in to the effect of, I was in the middle of the tweet right now, so I can't read it to you, but he said, go to a commie politician's house and take their stuff. Bring a big crowd with you. I'm serious. This is Cliff High doing this. So he's got a couple million uh, people on Twitter, and he's, he's typing that tonight. So, you know, you know what? Because what it is, guys, I figured it out. Right? And once again, ooh, ooh, it's not Mr. Big Idea, but really, I figured it out. They've been playing pretend. These idiots have been walking around playing pretend, and too many of us have gone along with it. Why? Mm-hmm. Why? Right? So now hell is coming, right? And hell is reality. Now, we're, we, you know, we know what reality is, but these idiots pretend they don't know what the heck is going on. But, uh, you know, Cliff High and other people are saying, hey, listen, hell is coming and you better get ready. <laughs> a bunch of freaks. All right? Hell is coming. There's nothing you can do about it. All right? So don't come, don't come crying to us. 
It's like that movie, apparently, that's coming out in April. It sounds like Civil War. That's kind of what you're talking about, it sounds yeah, like. Yeah, yeah, you know, like a, like a, someone's asking me about Albert Pike and the Three World Wars. Well, they screwed it up so much, there's never going to be a Third World War. They can't do it. They screwed it all up. It's over, baby. It's so over. It's just ridiculous. Now, they'll get a skirmish here or there. But they fractioned the world so much that the entire world is not going to unite around anything. These bunch of idiots. Only the real thing, right? And and whatever they put out is going to be crap. It's just insane. So, so thanks, thanks for having me on. I, I want to mention this word too, guys. Put this word in your lexicon. Look this up on Wikipedia and check for revisions. Rossenschand. Rossenschand. Yeah, it's a bait switch they use to trick. The trick America and going along with this stupidity after war is this bait switch they used to trick us during a uh, when the, they ended slavery, right? The three fifths of a man that was a calculation because they didn't do that calculation right, they wouldn't have worked. It's all nonsense. It's all about bad contracts, right? So four words: fraud vitiates all contracts, <laughs> uh, right? So they got no contract with us, right? We revoke our consent to go along with you scumbags. We're done with you. Right. We're just done. Thank you, guys. Wow. Thanks, uh, Uncle Murray. Yeah. I was just going to sit, sit and breathe. <laughs> okay. You guys have a great night. Thanks again. You too. All right. Oi to the bay. All right. <laughs> We're All right. Is, is, uh, is the, uh, anybody else want uh, any comments on anything we've been talking about so far? Well, like Roth and Shonda is actually racial shame. Is what that what that means? It's a, a disgrace, racial shame. So I'm not sure how that would apply to a, a civil war situation that uh, Uncle Maurice talking about. But um, it's not happening today. Yeah, I, I wouldn't wait, but right, I mean, it's, you know. Uh, okay, so we covered we covered those points. Uh, I we're gonna we'll get to the top of the hour. Oh. oh. David. Oh, oh, David Irving. Well, David, want, Irving, David Irving wants in. <laughs> no, yeah, you want us to talk about David Irving, which we can't. Well, D- David Irving, they, you know, they, there was a rumor that he was he was die, dying. Or he died. Dead. He was dead. We got a, we got an email saying he died. Well, he's not dead. Okay, he's his, sick. His I wife mean, sent out a correction on that to indicate, as far as we know, he's still alive. We haven't got a confirmation of it though, so. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's sad. He, you know, he's eighty-five years old. I mean, you know, you make that no sound spring, old. <laughs> well, you know, he's no spring chicken. You know, right, he, um, right. And if he's sick, right. it, it's kind of dire. Yeah, uh, but no, he's not dead. In fact, um, so you know, Jim, we we've been we've been doing a little uh, David Irving diving, you might say, in regard because uh, Jim had mentioned about the books. I have his uh, <clears throat> his Dresden book, and apparently the rewrite of it. Was probably is what I had. He did it in 1960, and apparently it was reported as being very well presented, thought out, researched, unlike a lot of the other books. And that's when I got into Hitler's uh, War. Uh, yeah, uh, David Irving's Hitler's War, and that just opened up a whole um, typhoon <laughs> or tornado of. Uh, uh, so, so you feel basically that. That book, Hitler's War, there's a lot of things in it that really aren't true. And I just looked up to, I looked up about, uh, like I said, the final solution, because I couldn't see anything about about that sort of thing. And he would bring up rampantly without, you know, there were various, at the end of each chapter, there are um, 
references that that he that he resorts to. But when he was throwing out, well, they they were shooting these people and they would arrive in Lutz and they were shooting these 35,000 people and they would arrive in another place in Poland or, or Russia, probably Poland. And uh, but it really wasn't near a camp. He had no references for these. It was just like throwing out. And this was done in 2001. So I was this after the Lipschitz trial. So he was trying to win, win them back because that's what the, uh, the the date of this thing. Anyway, we're going to do a video about this. But David Irving um, did not go out in our opinion. He's he's still around, so he still has a chance. Like Darwin, I think Darwin recanted. By well, the way, well, he's not going to be doing any writing now, Mister. No, I'm not talking about writing. I'm talking about verbal recanting. Well, I don't he, of his he's recanting. Probably, he's probably so far gone. He probably keeps yeah. doesn't even talk. Who the hell? That's not? very possible. It depends if, he, if he's in hospice and on morphine. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he he did not. He's not ending his life like Robert Forrestan ended his life. Yeah. So I mean, I think I look at look at I praise David Irving. For what he did up until the year 2000, after the year 2000, he pretty much lost it in, in regards to revisionism. Yeah. All right. I mean, he, he, to me, he never was a revisionist anyway, but he, he was a guy that sold books. He, he, he broke information, history, historical, historical information. And I, I think some of it was good. I don't think all of it was good. It I think, needs I think to a be lot taken based on a base by a case by case basis. You can't say, Oh, David Irving wrote it. Therefore it's all good. No, unfortunately you're going to have to go through it piece by piece. And I just went through, like I said, final solution and Catholicism. And I think there was one more thing. And to, to see, and he he takes his sources, supposedly, original sources, Soviets, Allied, British, British intelligence, Jewish sources, people's diaries, who knows what's happened to those, letters, and so on. The problem is all these people's diaries, per, Goebbels particularly, has been, has been corrupted, absconded with, and corrupted. So eyes wide open on this, just saying. Yes, people make a big deal, and here's what really gets me. And I'm going to simplify this for everybody, Ian, because you know I don't write books. You know I don't do any of the stuff that all these people do. They spend all the time and energy doing all this stuff. I don't. I deal with stuff logically. I just look at whatever said, and then I look at what was the result, what what was said, and what happened. Now, let's say Hitler, Himmler, the whole gang. Let's say they even talked about killing the Jews. Okay, they got their opinion. They could say whatever they want. Did they do it? No. Obviously not. Okay, they didn't do it. Okay. Um, you know, did, did they um, have gas chambers to do it in? No. So obviously it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I just thought I'd throw it in because that's logic. I don't care what they said. Look at I could I could be in a conversation with somebody, and it would be a heated conversation. And let's say somebody did something that bothered me, and I got really mad. Uh, and I said, "You know, I'm going to kill that. I'm going to kill you." Well, you're still living, okay? So you say what you want. I didn't kill you, all right. I know a lot of people will use that as threats, and they'll they'll come after you and bring put you in jail for stuff like that. I suppose. But the point is, you, you have to if you're going to say it, then you got to do it. The problem is people uh, are coming after people for just saying something when the, the reaction didn't happen. And that's what bothers me, okay? And, of course, they're going to say, why, you know, what could have happened? 
we got to put him in jail because it could have happened. Uh, well, that's the minority happen. report. <clears throat> yeah, it didn't happen. So it's all bullshit. All right. We are coming to the top of the hour. Mm-hmm. We're going to take a just, uh, what's up, Miss Diane? No, I'm agreeing with you. That's my absolutely oh, oh, sorry. Thank you, but thank, thank, thank you for, for, for acknowledging uh, okay, it. Duck. All right. So today we, we just want to let you know that who sponsors us on the free speak radio is, uh, you know, free speak radio. Yeah. Obviously. obviously and, then, yeah. And, and then we got the publishing arm. That's part of all this money tree publishing. And we got plenty of information there for people. If you want to really get some really good information, the best books are there. I bet the German villainy, mm-hmm. uh, my Kampf, if you want to read that, uh, Henry Ford, I got that book right here, actually right in front of me over here. Uh, war against the whites. I mean, it goes, he's got, he's, he, uh, Jews are the problem. I got that right behind me right there. Uh, I don't have that book here. Uh, anyway, this this you have that one. Yeah, I got that one. Exposing the lies. That's an excellent, excellent book of all types of stuff. All right, and then we got some really good C, uh, DVDs. Uh, the best, the best DVDs. You know, uh, Adolf Hitler. There, um, his, great his story uh, never told. Great story never told uh-huh. in Europa. I mean, you and can't get any form. better stuff than this. Yep. So. Yep. Anyway, if you if you really want to get some good reading information and help help, help them, but you know buying it from them, then that keeps the the sites going. It keeps the books coming up. We we definitely encourage you to do that. So anyway, that's a little plug for Dave Gehari and all Absolutely. what he's been doing. That's and of right. course, the other people we got a plug too. And I did a whole video on that this week. There's a Holocaust Encyclopedia, which is part of Grimar Rudolph's. Uh, domain there. He put a tremendous encyclopedia together. I was using it this week myself when I was looking up Gerstein. I was looking up all sorts of stuff. I mean, you could spend your whole life just going through that encyclopedia. It's about 650 pages. Gets It gets to all the exact points about the Holocaust. It doesn't waste your time on other nonsense. It just deals directly with the topics relating to the Holocaust. People, places, all that stuff relating to the Holocaust exactly. And Online. Think- you, you know, it's good to get the book. But oftentimes, like what we do is communicate with other people. And so you can cut and paste. Uh, and you, uh, uh, yeah. HolocaustEncyclopedia.com takes you right there. And, you've yeah, got you a can, little and, and I, I, I guess you can download the whole thing as a PDF. And that's that's incredible to be able to yeah. do something like that. Uh, so you could even have it on your phone. The, the whole encyclopedia on your phone does, I mean, you know, either way, you can communicate. If you if you're using a phone, you can get in it through the internet, to your Wi-Fi, or through your telephone uh, system, or you just put the PDF and have a PDF. I have on my phone here. Here's my phone. I keep it on a, a thing here. All right, and i i have I have a 512 a gigabyte chip in this phone. Okay. I have, it's not even filled up. I, it's probably maybe 300 and something gigabytes of information. But what do I have on it? I have all the PDFs of all the books that you could deal with, with the Holocaust handbooks, everything that you could believe or see or whatever come across. I have all of these PDFs on it. I could just, I could be there forever reading these things forever. Uh, I've got 200 and something Zendel videos. <laughs> on it, okay, two hundred something. All his videos, the best of his videos, and other stuff that goes on and on and on. Other books, all sorts of stuff. 
on a phone, on a cell phone. I mean, that's it's like a little computer. I mean, that's what it is. So I try to have all that stuff on my phone so that I can, you know, if I ever get stranded somewhere and I need to do some reading or, you know, I'm not near the Internet or whatever uh, and the phone works, I can I can still exist and do that, you know. Um, what's this, Dave? You should carry the Holocaust Encyclopedia. What is what is? Uh, oh, oh <laughs> see, I, I, yeah, but I think I think the problem is publishing because yeah. the see this there's separate groups and I, and I don't know what the relationship between them is. I don't know if there's a good relationship between Dave and the Kodo people or whatever. And there's a lot of things with copyright and other books and blah blah blah. So Dave, look at Dave does his thing. Uh, Grandma does his thing. He has yeah. his organization. Yeah. That's fine with me. Keep them all separate and then just, you know, uh, share whatever one you want to share. I mean, but between the Kodo, C-O-D-O-H.com site and Dave Gehari's, uh Money Tree Publishing and all that, mm-hmm. I mean, you've got some great information here. And Mike, uh, Mike Walsh, too. He yeah. has a bunch of books that he has published. That you could get his books. I got his. I, I think I have all. I think I have all his PDFs. I'm, I'm trying to remember. Um, but Mike Walsh, he has. Uh, what, what's the name of his site, Diane? Uh, his group. Oh, <laughs> something. Um, I'll have. I'll have to look it European up. Something. Oh, re- it's not re- Renaissance, is it? European Renaissance. It's European Renaissance or something. Something uh, like that. Let me see. Well, anyway, we'll get that to it. But Mike Walsh, there's a guy unsung here, and nobody really knows about. He's a, a tremendous writer, English writer. He's in England. He wrote, He's published a lot yeah. of books. I, I've read a couple of his books. What's the site, Diane? EuropeanRenaissance.com. Yeah, you got to go to his site. He's got a great Europe site. Renaissance. Okay. And then we've got uh, M.S. King. Okay. Mr. Trumper. Half right. of the stuff he writes is well, well recently. Uh, look at his, He's got a lot of good PDFs there, too. All right. A lot of good information there. Uh, you know, on the Third Reich and yeah, on the Third Reich. Yeah, so yeah. we've we've got three or four, five maybe uh, places where you could get revisionist information. That's the best out there. Remember, you're not going to get it on Amazon. All right? yeah. you're not going to get any of this there. You're going to go to the direct sites of the people that are publishing it. And you're not going to really find them that easily unless we tell you about them because they they block you to these sites. They don't want you reading their publications, the PDFs or whatever they got. They don't want it. It's sad, you know. Um, like M.S. King's book right there I got in front of me here, The Bad War. I mean, that's an incredible book, The Bad War. I remember, Diane, I took that with me. I don't think you were with me then uh, at Camp Constitution. Uh, I, I had I was reading that before I met you. I was there the week, year before, and I, I, I brought that whole book with me, and I was reading it there, uh, The Bad War by M.S. King. So anyway, you can read that there. Okay, here's the European, the Europe Renaissance site. Yeah, Michael Walsh. Yeah. Uh, you know, there you go. All the stuff is right there. Again, not too many people know about him, but he's out there and uh, trying his best to get the information out too. So we got to support these people. Let's go to their sites and and see what you can do. Um, great stuff. Really good stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay, there he is, right there, Mike Walsh. And you could check them out. European resistance. Okay. Now, anything else you got, Diane? No. Because we can, we can, we can move on to my um, videos. Videos. Because I got, I put, I put a lot of videos up 
this week, and some of them are short, and we can play them. Yeah. All right. Now we could talk about them. All right. Oh yeah. This. Let's talk about this. Good. Good. Good one. Harvard Crimson. Okay. Uh, they're having a problem there. Okay. And the big. You, you, you have to understand something about Harvard. My brother Joe did a really good video on Harvard. Um, he was talking all about this. He did a video on it in the past. Um, well, anyway, Harvard in the beginning was a was a like a church type of it was, university it was to teach clergy, basically, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, can you Harvard, going way back in whatever sixteen hundreds there, whatever. Uh, I don't know exactly when it was established, but it's way back. Okay, yeah. it was where people went to be taught spiritual things. Okay, sure. and look what it's turned into today—just the opposite. It's 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 no closer to spirituality than dealing with demonism. I'm telling you. I mean, that's what it is. All right, that's what Harvard has become today. So now they they're, they're going off on this all bullshit stuff about anti-Semitism. And they got a problem now because, especially with this Gaza situation, now you got the Jews at Harvard because a lot of Jews are uh, in Harvard or been to Harvard, uh, and they want you to believe that there's anti-Semitism there, and the Jews want to try to wipe it out. You know, I mean, really, some of these people just have an opinion they don't care for the Jews. They don't like what they're doing in Israel, and, and they don't like what they're doing in Gaza, and blah, 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 <laughs> and, and here's the problem. So anyway, there's some information there. You want to talk about any of this, Diane? Oh, me? Yeah. I, That's I, I, Diana's thing. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I thought you were looking at some of the things in there. But anyway, Harvard University, Harvard Divinity School. Yeah. yeah. That's where they used to teach a lot of good stuff. Well, once they got taken over by the Jews, yeah. that was that. Okay, yeah. they took them over pretty quick. Game so over. now Harvard is just your typical university that preaches bullshit. You yeah. know, they. Um, but now they're trying to weed out anti-Semitism. You know, that's what it is. If you don't believe in the Jews, if you don't believe in Israel, if you don't agree with them, you're an anti-Semite. Yep, it's the way it goes. You know. Uh, okay. Any, anybody? Okay, someone's got to come in and want to come John in. John is here. Which John? Right, John. Come on in, I hope John. It's John Bernardo. I think so. <laughs> Hello, Hoaxbusters. John, how's it going? Can, can you hear me? You sure yeah. can. All right. Hey, man, I love the the book review of the six million facts or fiction you guys are doing. It's, it's wonderful. Thank you. Well, you're very well, welcome. Stay tuned. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I intend to. Hey, um, one day I was listening to uh, the Saint Asylum with Giuseppe Vafangulo and Dave Gahari um, a couple weeks ago. And they were saying that Peter Winter doesn't do interviews. You know, he stays pretty private. And uh, one of my researches, I was watching a video probably two weeks prior to that. And he wasn't the main feature, but like towards the middle of this video, he was in it. Wow. And, you know, I didn't save it. I couldn't find it. So uh, I said, well, let me do a bit shoot search of Peter Winter. Uh, I do a bit shoot search. There's nothing there. But guess who's there? Tell us. Mwah. You. <laughs> <laughs> you did a. Yeah, Jim edition. did. Jim did a complete review of the seventh edition. Uh, yeah, I actually went through chapter 13, 14, and 15 with it. <laughs> he went all the way to the to the end. That was pretty neat. And uh, Kodo, it's on your site and it's on Kodo's site. Awesome. awesome. The Bitsu channel. So, uh, 
Hey, uh, you guys said in your walk and talks that Alfred Schaefer was released? Yes. Yes. Yeah, he's out. He's out now. Uh, so I haven't heard back from Monica on about about it. <clears throat> you know, I mean, I I hope to talk to him if if it works out. I'm like I'm not going to chase him down. I hope he's there. Uh, we may have you know, a, a a meeting with Monica, and I I hope he is going to be present. That's that's good. Um, yeah. um, I was listening to the fetch today, and uh, that guy Blackbird Nine. Um, who used to be on Speak Free Radio, he's on RBN now, said that he was going to be doing an interview with him. I don't know if that was today or if that's coming up because he's on Saturdays. Okay. That might be coming up this Saturday. But well, uh, That's today. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. I'll have to check it out. I haven't checked it out yet. Maybe right, somebody right. in the chat knows. Um, um, was that um, that Renaissance site with the Mike Walsh, is that where you can get Germar Rudolph's um, no, 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 no. There's two different sites. Uh, Germa's, again, holocausthandbooks.com. All right. Actually, that's, with this one, this one is a holocaustencyclopedia.com. Yes, but take you again, right to all, it. They're all tied in, but the, each one has its distinct name. That's right. Right. So, again, holocaustencyclopedia.com. There's another link there, too. I, I, I forgot something. It, there's one, something in England. You got a link for it when you first presented that on your Bitcoin yeah, channel. That's right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So there's all there's, there's different sites with everybody, and of course, uh, you know, this one here, Money Tree Publishing, is Dave Gahir. You know all that, and uh, you know we've got some nice books, especially from you because you've sent that's some right. books our way. Appreciate that's right. that. And uh, you know, I should be getting D- Diane will be uh, bringing back my uh, Holocaust handbooks. Which is basically uh, the the um, Joe spent a lot of money for those. The hard, uh, we're having over. his hardback books. Hard, hard cover, hard cover, whole cross handbooks, and uh, I know we spent over a thousand dollars for those books. Yeah, wow. So I'm going to have those here, uh, which will be good. But with the encyclopedia, look, I I've got so much information that there's no way I, I can't deal with a topic. You know, right? That's at right. Tips. Ignorance and, is no excuse. Yeah. Yeah. That's so there's right. plenty of information to share with everybody. And, and, you know, that's basically, you know, when we do our videos, we we want to get people to find out where you can get the information. Okay. And again, you're not going to find a lot of this information just floating around on the internet because they don't want you to see it. Or Google searches. It's almost yeah. impossible unless you've got a, an underground browser. It's something that's not mainstream. Yeah, I'm not sure if Brave is good enough or Microsoft Edge. Um, I find more stuff there. You have a Yandex, but even there, <clears throat> you know, it's just it's almost sometimes it's almost impossible. You got to know where to go, and that's what we try yeah. to provide. Yeah, it's yeah. very difficult. I like a start page. Yeah, you use that? that. Yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah, okay, that that, that seems pretty good. <laughs> oh, I know, my, I know, and I know what that means. Um, Thanks yeah. to Allison Chablot. Um, yeah, no doubt. But micro, and I know Microsoft Edge. It's it's not as restrictive, admittedly. Yeah, it, they're going to dump you into pages and pages of good luck searching for what you want. Cause you're not going to find it here, type of search. But I have found stuff in Microsoft Edge that um, I couldn't find in uh, Google. Yeah, I, I've heard that about Microsoft Edge, but uh, Google just I try to stay away from that. You know, yeah. like that. 
link you put up a week or so ago. That's how they do you. <laughs> <laughs> That's Diane, one of Diana's favorite line, favorite phrases. There you go. Uh, All right, with that, let's just go. And uh, good talking to you, and and, uh, love what you guys do. Really appreciate you. Me too. Appreciate you, John. Thank you. John, very good. I know. Okay, um, so we could go to my BitChute channel because I got some videos there that I shot, and we could play them and uh, talk about them. So how's that? That sounds good. Again, I put some really good. Okay, there's Henry. Uh, I got that up today. I I mean, uh, I got. He yeah. sent me the link to it. Now, this I want to play this one here. The Holocaust uh, nonsense? Yes. This is very, very interesting video because, well, we're going to play it, all right? Why don't we play it, and then we'll discuss it in only five minutes. Yeah, that's right. Hey, look at David, being on the inside in Hollywood, would hear from these. All right, so this people, is uh, David Cole. They knew it was Prince. a hustle. This must have just blown your mind. It was. Um, it was fascinating to me because uh, because of the fact that these folks didn't know who they were talking to. And I'll give you one example: a fellow named Ellsworth Rosen, who was um, the head of the. Uh, of the, the Jewish Philanthropies Association of Boston. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I did a film with him in 2000 called Bearing Witness. Um, and I was, my job was to supply the archival material. And I mean, I, that was basically my job. I supplied all the archival stuff. And I'm on the phone with this Ellsworth Rosen guy from Boston to LA. And he, he says, what, what a shame. That we have to keep pretending these phony gas chambers are real. But, you know, we can't let the deniers succeed. Can't let them win. Huh? Can't let them win. And, of course, in my mind, I'm thinking, but um, they, how can any victory, any true victory, be built on, on complete falsehoods? He knew, this fellow knew that this stuff was complete nonsense, complete fabrication. And yet they go with it. They they uh, they subscribe to it and they spread it, um, even though they know they that it is. They make movies about it. They God make movies sense. about it, and they they make they put it in schools. They have kids younger and younger every year learning about the gas chambers and the automated gas. You have people who say, "Oh, the gas ovens," and I would always say, "What the hell is a gas oven?" <laughs> uh, well, they yeah. gas them in an oven. No, they that, that's not even the claim. Um, uh-huh. That's how ridiculous it gets. Is is that you get um, people spouting things 
that are not even the propaganda. People take the propaganda and run with it on their own. They take the gas chamber and the crematorium ovens, they join it together, and they they were killed in the gas oven. That isn't even the claim that people make. Yep. Rose clouds and holocaust. Rose clouds and flies. Rose clouds and bitter. Bitter, bitter lies. When the angels of ignorance fall down from your eyes. Rose clouds and holocaust. Rose clouds and lies. Windows. Rose clouds of twilight truth. Rose clouds of night. Rose clouds of harvesty. Love all the light. When the ashes of life fall down from the skies. Rose clouds of holocaust. Rose clouds of light. That's Robin Forreston, just to let you know, to the right with the sign. Oh, is that right? Did, didn't you notice that? Uh-uh. No. To the Falcons of Zagreb, while the victim of Jesus lie down in Sydney's dust. For festivals and as festivals must. Rose clouds of holocaust, rose clouds of flies, rose clouds of bitter, bitter, bitter lies. When the angels of ignorance fall down from our eyes, rose clouds of holocaust, rose clouds of flies. Those clouds of holocaust, those clouds of lies. Those clouds of holocaust. All right, so that was just a short video. And uh, that was very informative. Well, think about it. That video there, if if I stopped at every scene, I could talk yeah. a long time on That's it. That's right. Every single little bit in that video there's a lot crammed into there in five minutes okay well actually after david cole spoke but i want to talk about david cole i want to talk about a couple things here because a lot of people don't know this about with david cole see david cole put a lot of good information out there he went to auschwitz and um you know he he put together some stuff but he didn't put it all together himself all that information was there it's just he brought it out. That's all he did. Okay. Robert Forreston was talking about this stuff for years before David Cole probably was even born. Okay. Just to so. look you know. <clears throat> yeah. So again, I can't, I can't question David Cole's motives and why he got into all this, but he did, but he mm-hmm. did a good job with it. He okay? did. I, I got to admit that. All right. Then he got involved with Zundel a little bit and, um, Got on talk shows. He got a number of talk yeah, shows. He, he became, I mean, he became famous. 
Yeah. For what he did. But see, a lot of people don't know what happened after. Yeah. David Cole ended up working for the Holocaust Museum and the Jews. And he would be put, he put uh, videos together, archival information, he said. That's what it was. And he would give them the information. And they would present this in their museums or if maybe someone was giving a talk somewhere, if some Jew wanted to give a talk somewhere where all this bullshit lie. David Cole would put all that stuff together. He was working for the Jews later. Nobody th- nobody knows that. Nobody after thinks- he was attacked, right? Does that have something to Whatever. do with that? After, <laughs> after the, you know, he went to Auschwitz in the 90s and he presented his information and great videos. He showed that the Holocaust is a bunch of bullshit. Th- this is what he did later. So yeah. what would you call him? Well, a traitor, obviously. Yes. <laughs> I think about what he did. Yep. You know, he, he was went working for them. He was a Jew, yep. yeah. He was a Jew. And he drank he a, a lot. Who knew? Who knew what okay. it, how credible he and, was? And see, the thing is, they didn't know who he was because he had another name. David he was Stein. Named David Stein. Right. Okay. And then he had a girlfriend because David's lifestyle was not a good lifestyle. Okay. He lived probably high and mighty and loose. And so he had this girlfriend that I guess they broke up and she ends up uh, dissing him and uh, exposing him, you know, to the world. Doxing him. Doxing him. See, David Cole was, his name wasn't Cole then, it was David Stein. He was very involved with the Republican Party. He knew all the heavy hitters. He hung out with them. He talked to them. He was in with the heavy hitters. I'm talking, um, I can't think of all the guys I can remember, but I know, um, let's see. Was it during? <clears throat> I, can't, I can't think of the In names. the 2000s era? Um, I, I, you know, sometimes I get, I just get a blank. I just can't. Something very simple I just can't remember. Okay. I mean, real famous Republican uh, movie stars. All right. Oh. Uh, that were part of his his circle of friends. So they didn't know that he was part of this Holocaust stuff, exposing it. They didn't know that. So when his girlfriend exposed it, oh, the shit hit the fan. <laughs> okay? Um, uh, Diane, I got to get this out because it's driving me crazy. I can't think of the guy's I'm name. I'm trying to, if you could tell me what hold year. On, hold on, hold on. It's the guy with the big magnum gun that used to. Oh, Tom Selleck. No. Oh, oh, Clint Eastwood. Clint Eastwood. I mean, okay. I, I get a blank on him. And then, and then there's an, another guy. Again, I can't think of his name. He was in uh, the movie. Um, I can't. I. I'm sorry. I, it's, it's sad that this happens when you get old. You can't. You can't remember. Uh, you know the box of chocolate movie. Okay. Oh, um, yes. Oh, you're talking about Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump. Who's the guy? Tom that Hanks. Was, yes, but who was the 
the, the guy that oh, was Gary the- Sinise. He, he he's another one. See, look at I know all this stuff. It's just my memory sometimes blanks. And but I know who they are. I just can't get that words out. Well, I've had spent a little bit more time with the movies than you have. Yeah, he's right. So, you know. so, so what's the guy's name? Gary Sinise. Gary Sinise. Yeah, he does the. Uh, he was another one, a Republican yeah. guy. There was a group of these Republican guys, movie stars, that were in with David Cole. That's the point I'm trying to make. So when they found out, again, he was called. He was to them David Stein. Then they find out he's David Cole, Holocaust denier. Oh, you know, that he was out. That was it, huh? And that was the end of that for him. So he writes a book, The uh, Republican Animal something. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he wrote that book, David David Cole, Republican something. Are you sure it was David David Cole or David Stein? Did he sign which what he signed the book as? I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh what's his name? Uh Uncle Murray mentioned it. I think he did. Uh I mean, that's it. Republican Party Animal. Okay. So he published that book, uh, and he explains all about his life and everything that's happened with him in his life, and it's it's a good book for that. I mean, it really does explain everything he went through in his book. But uh, yeah, he's he's on the shits now with with everybody now because yeah. see he he doesn't have a place to go to now because he's been dissed with by everybody yeah on on both sides right because again he. I mean, to be in in the a revisionist movement to make these great videos exposing the, the Holocaust, all the nonsense, and then go working for the Jews. Yeah, I mean, what do you? What the hell's the matter with you? Yeah. Uh, and then again, he gets he gets outed, and that's the end of him. You yeah. know what does he do? And you know he's out there now. I don't know what the hell he's doing. I know he had a big alcoholic problem. Um, he was doing videos in his basement and, you know, he'd be drinking his vodka and, um, you know, he hated us. You know, yeah. we, we, we kind of got into a, a discussion group with him and not we're trying long. to talk about things, right? <laughs> Diane, you want to talk yeah, about that? Yeah, not for long. Uh, Joe actually did first and then we decided, you know, to kind of join with him. But David was so foul against oh, us. He wow. really didn't want us involved in this discussion group. So anything, anything denier is going to be rejected, and which he yeah. did. But you got to understand why David got so pissed at us. Here's why. Okay. Because I exposed him. All right. I exposed him for what he was doing and the hypocrisy of him. And now he, now I'm going to bring something else into this. Okay. Him, David Cole, David Irving. Mark Webber, mm-hmm. the holy trinity of the well, revisionist movement that believe bullshit. Hoax okay? Because they believe, they believe in limited gassings that the Jews kill at least 2 million uh, Jews. I mean, the Germans kill at least 2 million Jews in those camps, whatever which way, but they admit this limited gassings. Can you imagine that? Mark Webber, he admits that the Jews were, were killed. By That's because guessing. David Irving does, and he did whatever David Irving asked. And so they became this uh, tri- triumvirate of, of uh, terror and error and HVP. So um, the point was, and, and like I said before, we actually spoke with Mark Weber and asked him about this. I declared that not everything that Irving finds in the Soviet archives should be considered truth. Each thing has to be basically vetted. And I said, and how can you believe that that the Germans are guilty 
of of partial gassings. And Jim was in the background when I was talking to him, and he says, how did it happen? So I asked him, yeah, Mark, how did it happen? And Mark said, I don't know. Yeah, And then David well, Irving was asked that, and he said, I don't know, and I don't care. Well, here's the thing, okay? This, this is why I don't take any bullshit from anybody. Even if the – well, first of all, David Irving is not a revisionist. Mark Webber, he's a revisionist, but he, he is kind of gone He's compromised. So he doesn't d- d- take on the, the show anymore. Yeah. He, he, he feels the Holocaust topic is irrelevant, yeah. Mark Webber. Of course, David Cole's out of his mind. He's just a he nasty. Back. He's a nasty, yeah. nasty person, yeah. and it's really not even worth talking to him. Like uh, Uncle Murray says, Weber was a gatekeeper. There's definitely something going on yeah. with Mark Weber that's, that's not right. good. Okay, and we expose them. They don't want nothing to do with us, uh-uh. you know, because there's like there's a there's an elite Holocaust revisionist group. Uh, so, called, elite, so called. So called. I wouldn't even call them revisionists. Well, whatever. And Mark Webber runs the IHR.org site, which is a great site. I recommend it. I always will go to it when I'm looking for something. Yep. yep. You know, First. I put it, he put that site together. You can't go wrong with it. But he's done nothing with it. He hasn't updated anything. He doesn't put anything on. He doesn't sell any books unless he wants to sell maybe David Irving's books or something. Um, and so I got a problem with him. And I, I express my my beliefs. Mark Webber got off our web stuff, right, Diane? Oh yeah, he he. Per, of course, so did David Irving. They didn't yeah. want to be on our our email list anymore. That's right. That's Can you imagine? Diane and I are probably the only people that are pushing out revisionist material today, every day, every week. We're, we're the only ones doing it. Mark Webber, what's he doing now? Since he inherited his money from Picato. The uh, situation there, how he stole the money. Stolen. I, yeah. I feel he stole the money from the uh, Ma, uh, Kato inheritance. Yeah. Yeah. And he's just living I you know, off that it. inheritance. Yeah. Millions of dollars he got from that. And uh, he doesn't have to do anything. And uh, he's got just, his. What? Uh, go ahead. I wanted to add something about uh, Hedding. Hedding Scott actually wrote about this yeah. phenomenon that's occurred with uh, Irving Cole and Weber. And he talks yeah. about it. If, yeah. If and there's a whole thing. It's just not us folks. Other people see what's going on here, but Mark Weber's got his little entourage of people that have kept him in power on the IHI.org site running it. How the hell many organizations, do you know, keep somebody in power for 40 years or whatever, the 50 years or however long he's been there. I don't know, since the seventies, whatever. And he's been running that, why? Because they're all in cahoots. I don't trust any of them. Mm-hmm. I don't trust any of these guys. All right. So I think that's the one I'm- thing, one thing that what got my attention is um, the announcement that they have a new edition of David Irving's Hitler's War. So I said, "Well, okay, I've got the old one. Let me go take a look at it. Let's just check out this puppy." And to the extent that Jim wants to do a video on just the few discoveries I've made. But I, I wanted to uh, ma- mention in having Scott writes about semi-revisionism is dead, putting David Cole's denial is dead into context. And in 2016, uh, he he used to write for Kodo, critical expositions of the views of two men formerly prominent in Holocaust revisionism, revisionism, David Irving and Mark Weber, who now espouse what Robert Forson calls semi-revisionism. Semi-revisionists essentially take the stand that Holocaust revisionism ended with the Lucta Report in 1988. 
revisionism shall go this far and no farther. This means that any accusation of mass murder against the Germans, not specifically addressed in the Lucha report and not already dismissed by the Jewish authorities on the Holocaust, is supported by the semi-revisionists as true. And they are Holocaustians minus the Auschwitz, Kremas, and Madonic. And they make them anyway. So I've got a whole article of him talking about how they have, that is, that, that's a betrayal also. You could, you ask, what's that called? Go, that's called being a traitor. Yeah. So that's why we don't, I don't have anything to do, to do with them, these, these guys, because I don't think they're being honest. They're not and you're going to expose them. Well, the, the, the gatekeepers. And what's that's a gatekeeper? Well, what they're doing here is Mark Webber probably has Jewish people that support him. And they give him money and they support him. But the thing is, he's going to be, he's going to be nice to them. He, you know, yeah, he's going to yeah. not tell Early the whole favor. truth. That's right. You know, he doesn't tell the whole truth, nothing but the truth. Really? And that's, that's what Mark Webber says. And he won't, you know, I don't, you look at, I won't have nothing to do with him. Uh, after my interview with him in 2016, I said, that's it. I'm done with this guy. Yeah. You know, and David Cole, forget it. He's out of his mind. If yeah. he's, he's, if he's so not, he's that, not come back. Okay. If he's not in an alcoholic rehabilitation center by now, uh, he's got problems. Maybe he quit. I don't know. Um, hopefully he did. You can't um, tell by the way he talks. It doesn't no, make any sense. He talks doesn't make any sense. So nasty and horrible. Yeah. And he, he, you know, again, he wants to believe. Remember, he, here he is talking about there were no gas chambers when he did his videos. And then all of a sudden he said, yeah, there were some gas chambers. Well, you know, look at folks. It's either there were gas chambers, yes or no. You're not a little bit pregnant. You know what I mean? It's either you're pregnant or you're not. And uh, I don't think David Cole gets it. Mark Webber don't get it. David Irving, forget about him. He he went off the deep end in, in 2000, my opinion. Oh, I, I agree. And it's, it was downhill from, from the – actually, actually, the Lipstadt trial. And it sounded like he was trying to ingratiate himself with the Jews. And like Uncle Murray said and others have said, they, they may uh, give you a little bit. But they will never forget, and they will always hold it against you. Well, my my opinion about David Irving and what happened with him, he got involved with the Holocaust revisionist movement to the back door. Zendel invited him in, and he presented to David Irving the Lucha report. Yeah, and the Lucha report basically had an epiphany. Yeah, so the Luca report is basically saying there were no gas chambers. Right. Okay, well now David Irving is like, whoa, this is great. So he actually took the Lucha report and he published it. He wanted to have complete control of that Lucha report. All right. Well, he didn't realize. See, here's the mistake David Irving made. Because, see, he thought, because the Lucha report was true and he believed it, blah, 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 that everybody else was going to accept it and believe it. But they didn't. They didn't give a shit. They It was used against him, and his life went to shits yeah. after that. Mm-hmm. So, he didn't count the cost because yeah. he thought he was going to go someplace with it. It was going to be fame. Yeah. This would be yeah. great fame and wealth yeah. and all that. Yeah, he thought he was going to make a lot of money on it, and it, it didn't happen. And honestly, folks, I think the same thing happened with Fred Lucha. I yeah, think Fred thought that this was going to be a big thing for him. He was going to probably – be able to come out of his hole that we, he was in and he was going to make a lot of money. Because at that time, remember, after the Lucha report in the 90s, Fred was gone. Nobody knew about him. In fact, people thought he was he was dead. Yeah, they did. They thought he was dead. You know, I don't even know if he's still alive myself. Who the hell knows? But, I'm, you know, he's I'm, he's probably alive. But yeah. anyway, 
So I think Fred thought he was going to be able to do well with this Lucha Report and everybody was going to accept it and, and he was going to be a, a famous man like a, from it. A fa- and hero and, and, and wealthy and, and all the fame that goes along with it. And no. the, the Jews basically put out a hit on him and he That's wasn't right. able to get a job anywhere, yeah. anywhere. Oh, yeah. I mean, he they did a number on him. Plus, the, yeah. then they did a movie on him. Um, you know, they did Death, that movie. Dr. Yeah, Dr. Mr. Death. Mr. Dr. Dr. Death. Death or something like that. Yeah. And, they, and they made him look crazy, like he was a crazy guy. I mean, I actually thought it was pretty good. But, I mean, Fred was telling me how they changed everything in there and, and the things yeah. they said they were going to do they didn't do. And they made him look like he was nuts, you know, a bad guy. Well, that's how it is when you deal with media. That's what they do. by the Jews. Hello. Yeah, so that's what happened with Fred. Yeah, yeah I feel bad for Fred. He, he, you know, he they really ran, railroaded him pretty yeah. badly. Yeah, and uh, it's too bad. I mean, what are you going to do? So, I mean, Fred's still around, and, and and you know, I don't know if he, I don't see him doing anything. Uh, Fred pretty much just he sits in the background until someone brings him into it, and yeah. and and that's what happened with us. Again, I knew nothing about Fred, where he was, what happened to him, and then one day Diane says, Jim. Fred lives in Malden. It's only about 15, <laughs> 20 miles away. I say, you got to be kidding me. I wanted me. to do an interview with him. Yeah. Yeah. So we got in touch with him. Diane put it all together. She got in touch with him. And I said, Fred, how would you like to do uh, an interview about all this? And I interviewed Fred. This was the first time Fred got back on um, the internet. Right, he got him well, back yeah, into the internet with that interview. That yeah, it yeah. really, it really uh, brought him out of his hidden dungeon he was in. Yeah, nobody knew about him, and it was a good interview. I enjoyed it, and it we became friends after that. And we did a lot more interviews and talks after that. Thanks to him, he introduced us to people. Uh, allowed us to. Fred, have a- I, I must admit, Fred mm-hmm. was very helpful mm-hmm. in us with our revisionist progress yes. because he knew. All these other people, okay, that he got in touch with, and I en- I ended up interviewing some of these people, so it was good. I mean, I you know Fred was a good a good uh, a good guy to know, and it was all because Diane found out where he lived. He lived near me, got in touch with him, and then Fred. After we did that interview, I was able to get in touch with other revisionists. I interviewed at least you know ten or fifteen other people associated with the revisionist movement. Mm-hmm. And that's that's where we are now. I mean, you know, I haven't. Uh, I, I, I let me see. I, that, yeah, that's really pretty much. I try to interview Arthur Butts, which he wrote. He he's, wrote a. He's private. Book. Yeah, he's very private. But I think Arthur Butts is involved with the Mark Webber group. Okay, that's my opinion. You could correct me if I'm wrong, but I think he's involved with Mark Webber in the IHR. I think he's even on. Uh, like that the, could uh, be. What was his book? The Hoax of the 20th Century. Thank you. See, you remember. Well, <laughs> some things I remember, some things I, I know. It's uh, just the way it goes, you know what yeah. I mean? Uh, yeah, so I tried to get in touch with Butts, and yeah. he wanted nothing to do with it, and that bothered me. You know, it's like you're, you're reading your 80s, pal. Come on, you're 80 years old. What are you afraid of? Uh, yeah. he, he, uh, I don't know if he's still teaching. Ah, I mean, shit, he's in his I 80s. doubt it. You know, he's, he's well tenured off. anyway. The man's got money. He's well off. Uh, I don't know why he didn't want to be interviewed by me. Makes no sense to me because he was the last guy that I could have interviewed that had something to do with the revisionist movement because everybody else is dead. 
Yeah, you wanted to talk to Ingrid and Ernst. And I think truly, if we had gotten to Ernst without Ingrid, he would have agreed to an interview with us. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's just sad because even Ingrid Zendel, she she didn't turn out to be a good person. All right. Contrary contrary to what people want to believe about her. And and then you know, we've talked about this before. Yeah. About her, you know, she gets she gets Ernest to come down to Tennessee. She marries him. And, uh, you know, she used him, I think, she used him to uh, uh, get a lot of money to come into the Zundel organization. And basically, she wanted to get out of the Holocaust topic. Yeah, yeah she and did. she wanted to get into producing movies that had to do with more or less... German like, heritage, I think, more. Yeah, German heritage, German nationalism, you know, stuff Arminius. like that. Yeah. Arminius, I think, was... Yeah, so... So she used Zendel as, you know, a way to get the money because he knew a lot of people and everybody he was famous and money came in and she ends up buying all this property in Tennessee. And I even heard she had property down in, in Mexico. Mexico. Well, that's and, where they were uh, going to live. You know, so, so she had a little compound here in Tennessee, a couple houses there. But the big mistake that she made that she didn't leave it to the revisionist movement. She left it to her knucklehead uh, son, knucklehead son yeah. Rudy, mm-hmm. who did not give two shits about the Holocaust topic no, or anything. Right. All Zundel's information, everything that he had was there, mm-hmm. and it stayed there. And then Zundel, let me see, Zundel died first, right? Yeah, I think yeah. Yes. And uh, 216, I think it was or something. Yeah. And I then so. she died just like a couple, six months later or something. Yeah. And, no, and then there, the revisionist moment dead. Uh, well, as far as, as, far as, as, as their as, contribution, yeah. As far as Zundel being part of it. That's right. That's right. And all his stuff ended up in Tennessee. Who the hell knows what happened with it? He had a lot of books. He had a lot of paintings he did. His artwork, yeah, graphics, absolutely. If anybody knows, maybe you can uh, enlighten us. So that's why we feel we took it on upon ourselves to carry it all on. And and that's what we've been doing. Uh, uh, You know, the difference is we're not asking people for money. We're not taking the money. And we're not uh, lying to you. We're telling Mm -hmm. you that 100% who's right, who's wrong. Mm who's good in the revisionist movement, who's not. And of course the people that stay away from us, you can see who they are, you mm-hmm. know, and I don't mess up. I don't mince words with them. I expose them and that's the way it goes. It, it, that's how you get to operate. That's what we've been doing. All right. So anyway, that's some information about that whole situation there with Cole and all that. Yeah. Um, nobody, a lot of people don't know this stuff. They don't know it. We're the only ones that are <laughs> out there trying to tell people about it. And, uh, it's sad because when we're dead and gone, who's going to carry it on? You know? Can't right. tell you. I, Unless these, these young whippersnappers that we run into, I hope that they, they get the vision for it. I don't know. All right, hold on here. Fred Lucha was on the Jim Fetzer show about a month ago, wanting that the state of Alabama not to execute a criminal without a, compre- a compression chamber to avoid the bends. If yeah. he's still an expert on that, he's absolutely dead oh, no, on Fred, Look at Fred. <laughs> Yeah. I send I friend emails every now and then if I come across. In, in fact, I sent them that article, probably telling them that. I was telling them they were going to have an execution there. And you might want to look into it, and that's probably why he got on the show. Mm-hmm. You know, so Jim The other Petsch- thing he got involved in was when they were thinking of using 
cyanide gas in an Arizona prison. And all the Jews were going, oh, you know, yeah. like like they really cared. But it was another opportunity to bring up the Holocaust in their mind. I like to um, if you if you can if someone can get that video and send it my way I'll I'll put it up on my site the Jim Fetzer video yeah the Jim with Fetzer, Fred if Fred, with Fred. If Fred yeah. was with them because mm-hmm. again Fred is you know Fred is a very integral part of the Holocaust narrative all right I mean look, I had a problem with him but th- it wasn't a problem with the Holocaust all right it, no. it is what it is he's you know? an expert on execution devices yeah. I mean yeah. there's no questioning that. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to give Fred credit for what he mm-hmm. did. I, I give everybody credit for what they do right. If they do something wrong, then I'll give you help. I'll deal with that too. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that's how I am. I'm yeah. very, I'm very uh, equal in how I present stuff. Um, I I don't do what some people do that like 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 Gemma and E. Michael Jones. They they don't want to have anything to do with you because you don't like the Catholic shit. You know, look at, <laughs> look at I'm against Catholicism like nobody's business because mm-hmm. I think it's apostasy. It's it's based on demonism of the occult and everything else. I'm but not I, sure apostate means that you actually had to do, be doing it the right way well, in the first place. Well, I don't think they were. Well, they claim they were. Oh, I know what they claim. Okay, but you know, I, I have problem with uh, you know. The, the Catholic Church and what it's doing, and the big problem I have with them is the fact that you know you got one billion Catholics in the world today, one billion, and they're going along with the Holocaust nonsense, I, you know. But there are good Catholic people on my Bitchu channel, and they understand what the Holocaust is, and I, I'm happy for them. Look at it, if you want to stay with your religion, good luck with that. But I'm just saying, you know, I'm right about the Holocaust, and you know your church is is damn wrong. About you know it, they are in bed with the Jews. They support the Holocaust nonsense. E. Michael Jones has to come to a, a, a an epiphany in his life to understand that he's been abandoned by his church because of the Holocaust topic. But he still defends it. I, I don't get absolutely. it. I don't absolutely. get it. At and some he point, he's that, going to have to come out of her. If he's a true believer, and that's between him and God, he's going to have to come away from it. That's what the Lord said in Revelation. Well, he he feels that we all have to become Catholic to be saved. That's what he yeah. feels. When we did in our Bible study, we did a, a Christ Alone uh, musical. Actually, it was it was a full orchestra doing this Christ Alone. Only He can save. You don't need anything else. You don't need a church. You don't need a politician. You don't need whatever nonsense that they are trying to convince you of. Christ alone. Diana remembers that and when we yeah. were talking about that. Well, I mean, it just bothers me because they, they there's a middleman now. we got the Pope. <laughs> the, the Pope's the middleman between Catholics and, the, you know, the, the church and the people, the Pope's in the middle. The Pope don't do anything wrong. He's God. Right, he's God in the flesh, pretty much. Yeah, that's how they look at him. That's an and interesting he, comment. I'm not sure I understand it. That EMJ's issue is that he cannot place communism and Catholics in a single sentence. That's his Hitler beef. I'm not well, sure again, what that's about. Again, we gotta uh, we gotta explain something here. E. Michael Jones believes that the Catholics, Catholic priests, were in Dachau because they were Catholic. Yeah. Right. He, they weren't in there because they were Catholic. Let's think about Poland. Poland is a very Catholic country. Half of it was taken over by Germany. Half of it was taken over by the communists. Mm-hmm. 
the Catholics went along with the communists. Do you understand what happened there? So a lot of Catholics became communists. Especially in Poland. In Poland. Okay, yeah. they had no choice because communism was taken over. So the Catholic people in Poland became communist Catholics. Yeah, they, they, they hated Germans, they hated yeah. the Reich, and they joined whatever resistance group right. was out there. That's right. So E. Michael Jones feels that uh, Lentz, a fellow Catholic priest, and some others were put in Dachau, you know, one of the first exter- one of the first camps. <laughs> All right. He felt that the Catholics priests were put in Dachau because they were Catholic priests trying to trying to worship as Catholics. No, they were put in Dachau because they were communist. They were enemies of the state. That's and right. Enemies of the state. That's right. He can't see that. Mm-hmm. And we've been sending him information. He knows what we've been sending him. Yeah. He refuses to show our side of the story. He keeps promoting that Lentz and these other Catholic priests were in that camp because they were Catholic priests trying to worship God in a correct way. They were no. suffering persecution for their faith. And I, and I maintain that they're doing that because of their wretched history. Now he has a way to redeem the Catholic Church finally. Because That's it's for 1,500 years of atrocities. He, this is one fell swoop. See, here's the thing with the Catholics, okay? And, and, and that's why, you know, I don't know what the hell's going on with Gemma. She has nothing to do with me now, but I had this, I think I know why, because I don't I agree with the Catholic Church, because she goes along with E. Michael Jones on this nonsense. I mean, this is crazy to think that that the Catholics are not in bed with communism. They, they were. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. And he's just not – E. Michael Jones, again, I love the guy. I love Gemma. I love what they do. They stand up uh, for the most part uh, against the Holocaust narrative. They show it's a bunch of bullshit. But um, E. Michael Jones just has a problem because he, he thinks the Catholics are number one and we all got to be Catholic and jump in the Catholic boat and get baptized as Catholics. I yeah, and it, the, I, what really did it for me is when he says that Jesus is in this boat. Yeah. Uh, sorry, Jesus is the boat. See, E. Michael Jones and Gemma look at us as as Protestants, and they don't like Protestants. I mean, I'm not a Protestant. I'm just saying. I consider myself an independent Christian. And Diane, what do you consider yourself? A Bible-believing a, a Christian. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so are you an independent Bible-believing Christian? Well, problem is they can't answer my question of how you feel about the Holocaust. Should I go into any church, Catholic or Protestant? Okay. So, so there you go. Well, I, I guess. Oh, can you pass the Hitler test? That's the other thing. <laughs> well, E. Michael Jones can't pass the Hitler test. No, because he won't take it. You know, he, he believes Hitler was a bad guy trying to kill all the Catholics. He wishes that were true. But Hitler, Hitler allowed the Catholics to function greatly. They they did very well. All right. The only ones that didn't do well, they were put in the camps because they were had a communist affiliation. More more Catholics yeah, yeah. were in the camps than Jews. Why would they have been in the camps? Because they came from Poland and they were probably yeah, communists. They well, were they, communists. They were anti German at best. That's right. I, I don't know why Michael Jones doesn't see this. Michael, you, you do agree. Poland was a very Catholic country, and they were taken over by the communists, so they had to become communists in their viewpoints and ideology. 
there, there's where we are. I'm just trying to tell you the truth. He doesn't want to accept it because he's got a lot of Catholic people out there that are not going to be too happy to hear that. And that's where we stand there. So anyway, uh, okay. Um, we're getting, we only got a couple more minutes left here. I don't know what we got for an ending, uh, Diana, because we're going to add that in with the uh, the timing of our, our video today, and I don't want to go too much over. So yeah. what do we got? Right, what do you got there, Miss Diane, for us? Uh, the king the, the will king, sing. <laughs> the king will sing. All right. Okay. Uh, however that means. Okay. Whatever that means. All righty. So I don't think we didn't have anybody in the uh, in the queue tonight to to speak. No one else came in, so I guess we're pretty much it, right? Um, I did I did respond to her question dealing with how many Catholics in the in the Third Reich Third Reich had basically forty one percent of the population consider itself Catholic. There were more Protestants than Catholics, but... Well, again, people people don't understand there were more Catholics and Protestants, probably too, that were in the camps than Jews. Oh, okay. Okay, people don't get it, but that's what it was. But yet the Jews today are the ones that... They're the ones getting reparation money. Why aren't the Catholics getting reparations? Why aren't the Protestants that were in the camps, yeah. even though they were communists, why aren't they getting reparations? No, well, can't, they can't the make the that's right. Only the Jews. That's right. Yeah. I mean, it's just crazy when people don't see oh, this. Do, yeah. Absolutely. You know, we're trying to present information that's 100% truthful, not bullshit, not, uh, you know, brought to you by the Catholic Church, or, <laughs> you know, uh, their, their propaganda, their agenda, you know, to promote that, their nonsense. We're just telling you the truth, 100%. People don't like it. Not, not much I can do about it. You know, not much I can do. Okay. We've got a few minutes left. Uh, I still didn't get an answer. What are we going to be playing? I don't, Diana, are, do you have a song that you would like to play? We've got to add that in for the ending so it, we we get in there when it ends right. You know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't, want, I don't like going over two hours because it, it, it adds. It makes it difficult to process. Well, yeah. if it, but the, if the video becomes too big, then it, then I got to cut something out and or make it lesser quality. So yeah. uh, I think we're going to end it here, folks. Look, at, we want to thank everybody uh, that listened to us tonight. Again, you're going to be listening to it on my Bitchu channel the next day, or maybe even tonight if I work on it. And um, right, we got to go to three. Got to go to ten p.m. Oh, okay. Well, that's fine. Um, but if so, we're very thankful uh, that Henry came on our show tonight. Absolutely. That was really good because Henry's going to give us <laughs> updates in what he's going to be doing. Yeah. With his um, protest. And yeah. I guess he said something's happening tomorrow, Diane. Yeah, he is. Something's happening okay, tomorrow. So Henry's so gonna he, hopefully he'll I'll, be in I'll, touch with us about it. Okay, but a lot of this stuff is on, you know, on my bitchu channel. What does this mean? I don't know. <laughs> what does that mean? I, we've got to go to the to the uh, end of the two hour period. I'm sorry about that. Um, if she has a song, she should play it. Otherwise, when you don't want to hear us sing. I could. Well, anyway, I want to thank everybody that came on. Um, um, Uncle Murray came on. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Henry Herkowitz came on. And John, we appreciate you coming on too. I don't know what this is, but we're going to. Well, he is the king of rock and roll. So. All right. So let's play this. And if we can make a comment, if we still got time, we'll make a comment. But we don't I have don't much time left. Two minutes. So it's a minute and a half. All right. Let's play this. They think they really care. Could put it at a faster Love speed. Myself, I can't All the things.
Saturday night, Hope Busters Live. Thank you for being here, and we'll 